Welcome to Public Safety Talk Radio, the podcast for all of our heroes in public safety, including law enforcement professionals, firefighters, EMTs, corrections officers, healthcare workers, and more. The show is produced by the POCUA and is founded upon its soundness initiative. This episode is sponsored by OfficerPrivacy.com. Are you ready to delete your information from the internet to keep you and your family safe? Then go to OfficerPrivacy.com slash POCUA for a special offer today. Hi, I'm Ken Bader, your host for Public Safety Talk Radio, and I'm excited to be here because I have a great guest. And before I get to that great guest, I do want to make mention of something. I tried Blue Line Roasting Coffee today. And it is damn good. Got the got the new bag right here. It's the tap rack bag. Because <laughs> I like heavy coffee. So for all of you Starbucks drinkers out there, and I don't know why you drink Starbucks anyway. If you like Starbucks coffee and you want to go up a level, this tastes like that at first, but has a really smooth finish. So I definitely recommend Blue Line Roasting Company. But let's get to our guest here who, who might even be drinking Blue Line Roasting Company coffee. Who knows? His name is John J. Wiley, and he is the host of the Law Enforcement Today radio show and podcast. Most importantly, he's been a police officer in the city of Baltimore. He did that for well over a decade. We might get into that. Uh, and he also, this is really interesting, he was on Pirate Radio in Key West. You know, should stay in Key West, actually. But John J. Wiley, welcome to the show, man. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it very much. Oh, uh, the pleasure's all mine. But, you know, I, I got to start with the obvious question. Yeah, how do you transition from being a police officer in Baltimore to, to being a radio celebrity in, in Florida? How does that happen, man? <laughs> well, first of all, there's, there's two things about that. Number one, uh, I'm a happily married guy, so I'm not allowed to be a celebrity. I have someone at home that keeps me in line. <laughs> so the term, I thought when I went into radio, I would be a celebrity, and uh, it's just not the case. Um, the way I went from police work to radios, I got hurt. I got hurt in an act of violence where a guy tried to kill me on service revolver. That's how long ago. I stole my hand. And after multiple surgeries and steel plates, I was hired. And I crashed and burned. And I learned, I tried doing sales. I did sold cars. I did all kinds of things. And then I began to pursue a career in radio. Uh, and I fell in love with it. Went to broadcasting school at night. And that's what I do all the time. You said earlier, I'm an FM music radio DJ. I do middays at Power Radio WKYZ in Key West, Florida. Uh, I do 11 to three, uh, 11 to two mid, middays, weekdays, and 12 to three on Sundays. And I've been doing radio for about 18 years full time. Uh, and from that, the Law Enforcement Today show was born. It's a podcast first. Then it got picked up by radio. It's syndicated. And then it goes available as a long line as a podcast a couple of weeks after airing on radio. I love doing what I do. Yeah, I've, I've heard a number of your shows. You definitely do enjoy it. And you got a voice for radio. Unlike me, where people tell me I got a face for radio, you've got a voice for radio, my friend. <laughs> I've got your beat. I've got a face and a voice for radio. That's why <laughs> I'm in radio, not on in front of a television screen. Now, nah, you're, you're, you're looking sharp, man. You're, you're looking sharp. Uh, is is there anything from your law enforcement career that kind of prepared you to be a radio host, or is it just completely different? 
I think it's actually very similar. There's a lot of things that, I'll give you a perfect example. Please. Um, my, my current boss was saying, I hate to stress you out. Can you do this? Can you add this spot, add this song, whatever I be? And I'm like, dude, no one's shooting at me. No one's going to get killed whether this happens or not. It's radio. Uh, so I don't get all freaked out like some people would. I get a little nervous at first when you crack a microphone, especially at a place you're not used to in a format you're not used to. Uh, but you think it all out. What I really prefer to look at radio as is a, as being a public servant, being part of a community, uh, getting information to people when there's uh, public disasters or, or public hazards or safety events or weather events, uh, the COVID pandemic where people get more information, all that sort of stuff. And then I take great pride, and even if it's only just for a couple minutes, in between songs of trying to put a smile on someone's face. If I can make them forget what's going on in their life for 15 seconds and smile about something goofy, then I've accomplished my job. And in reality, police work, at least where I was, we're so busy diffusing hostile, aggressive, violent situations, you use distraction. You try to get someone off of why they're mad and, and make them crack a smile and say, hey, let's, let's knock it down a bit. Let's put it in its proper perspective about what's going on and try to have a good weekend. So I think there's a lot of parallels that way. But going back to, to one of the things that you alluded to a little bit earlier is the transition. And yeah, I know that there are a lot of police officers right now, some for, for very good reasons, some for unfortunate reasons um, that are leaving the police force that are transitioning to another career, or another job and, and it seems like you've done that very well. Uh, is some of the problems trying to make that connection, unlike you did, you made that connection of being a public servant. I'm a public servant wearing a badge. I'm a public servant on the radio. Is that where some police officers may have a little bit of a challenge and obstacle is finding that bridge to that next career? I think part of the problem is that, and I went through this too, uh, I get so wrapped up in my career, so wrapped up that it becomes part of your identity. And that's what you feel all you're good at is being a, a police. Um, so when it's over with, and you don't take in consideration basic things like sales. Uh, every cop I know says, I'm horrible at sales. I don't have the patience for it. Well, we've been selling options for decades to exactly. people. Exactly. I'll give you a great example. You, you get a family disturbance call. Someone's drunk. They've been drinking. and They're having a problem. It's Friday. And you say to them, hey, Joe. Here's a scenario. You can go somewhere for a few hours, then go enjoy your weekend, or you can go to jail with me. It's your choice. That's sales 101. Mm -hmm. When a lot of people get lost in that, and they figure, I can't, I can't do something else. Or they're like, all I've done is policing for 20, 30 years. That's all I know. And, and I'm an old dog. You can't teach me new tricks. That's the biggest lie there is. We've had to learn to adjust to new policies, new procedures, new training all through our career, you go from one call, which just says a burglary call, to a theft from not a call, to someone who's threatening suicide. And you have to learn to adjust and adapt all the way along. So when the career comes to an end, if they've been thinking about it, they've been looking at different options they have available to them, different strengths they have. Uh, and I think that's one thing that most first responders don't feel they have. The exception being my firefighter brothers and sisters, because most of them have side hustles. They have side jobs. 
they've got careers as bricklayers and carpenters and painters and whatever. So Even it's a different brokers. scenario for them. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, America's law enforcement can do anything. They've been doing it for years and years. They just have to realize, open their minds and say, what are the options? What are the possibilities? And by the way, I listened to Howard Stern. I listened to Rush Limbaugh. May he rest in peace. And these guys have big, huge crews. They have production staff. They have uh, technical people. They have people doing their audio. It's just me on my show. Uh, probably like it's just you on your show. So if they can do well, that, you don't, you don't they're think not I smarter, have like they're not a dozen, You don't think I have like a dozen people behind this sign? Uh, you don't strike me as the type of guy who has people. That's it. You know, I don't have people to call people. It's me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I do have people, but none of them here. This is my little home studio right. over here. <laughs> I, I completely agree with you on America's law enforcement can, can do just about anything out there. Um, I think that you know, much like our firefighters and EMTs and emergency room workers, corrections officers, I can go on and on. Yeah, when you're when you're dealing with heavy life and death situations every day, um, doing a radio show has to be pretty welcome <laughs> uh, in comparison to that. Yeah, a couple. It, it's a nice break. It really yeah. is. Yeah, and and you know, I, and I agree with you on the sales point too. Fortunately, I was never in that position on the other side. But personally, I would have taken, hey, I'll go someplace for a couple hours instead of going with you. Right, exactly, and that's <laughs> that's basic human behavior. Uh, and, and what I always remember is this: all of us, to some degree or another, are self-centered. We're wrapped up in what's what's going on with us, and and radio world. Uh, if you're driving to work, what you don't want to encounter is you don't want to encounter delays, traffic jams, things of that nature. You think about it, you got to do what's going on in your family. So any kind of distraction from your daily routine that'll put a smile on your face, I think is well worth it. Uh, it's the same thing as telling that guy, hey, you can go have a great weekend. You got to do some things different. Um, and like you said, it's a redirect. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go back to or segue to law enforcement today. I'm sure a number of people in my audience have heard of the show. Uh, but first of all, what do you like the most about law enforcement today? And why should my audience like law enforcement today? We've got a lot of law enforcement out there that are listening to this. Well, I, I started seeing uh, in the radio world, uh, I, of course, see what everybody does on social media. And I saw a guy named Robert Greenberg, and he's an active duty police officer, police captain, actually, in South Florida. He has a presence alone today, and they were doing some pretty good stuff. And I talked to him, I said, hey, look, I want to do a podcast from law enforcement, for law enforcement and their families, um, and, and talk about things that, that don't normally get talked about, that people don't aren't aware of. And we did that for a little while. Uh, and I had an officer on who, her name was Stacy, and she was shot multiple times uh, as a young officer and barely survived. And we had the audio tape of her communicating on radio with dispatch while help was trying to get there. It was so powerful and profound, the radio station but listening to the podcast and said, hey, can you convert this to radio? Meaning the time, the clocks and all that. I'm like, yeah, we can do that. Um, so long story short is we wound up getting syndicated. We just got our 47 station 
in Sandus Sandusky, Michigan, overnights on I think Saturday, Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. um, so we broadcast about 23 million combined population. And what we try to focus on. Now a word from the POCUA. The POCUA can suggest a credit union that serves public safety professionals in practically every state in the country. While we can suggest a number of local and regional institutions that serve first responders, when a police officer resides in a state without a POCUA member organization, we are proud to refer him or her to the National Police Credit Union. The National Police Credit Union was born out of a desire to serve those who serve and protect. As a division of Chicago Patrolman's Federal Credit Union, the National Police Credit Union builds upon over 80 years of expertise in the financial services industry. The National Police Credit Union's goal is to bring police credit union access to every officer who currently does not enjoy the benefits that access brings them. For information about the National Police Credit Union, go to nationalpolicecu.com or call 844-COP-SAVE. To find a POCUA credit union nearest you, go to policecreditunions.com. And always remember, if you aren't banking with a POCUA credit union, you're just working with an institution that just so happens to serve public safety professionals, and you deserve better. It's a personal experience story. When they tell their story about what they went through, in the cases of crime victims, what they went through, how they chose a new life to have today, and what they do to maintain that. I think that's inspiration we can all use. Yeah. In the case of law enforcement officers, there's so much negativity about what we do, and no one has really told our stories. We have relied on the news media to tell our stories. They've always done a horrible job. Hollywood's doing a horrible job. Uh, and now it's so biased, it doesn't resemble the truth. So, for example, I just had Joe Kendall, the homicide hunter, come mm -hmm. on my show. And he talked about what inspired him to get in police work. And he talked about the determination he had and how he took a personal one. People killed people in his neighborhood. And he says, not that I was smarter than anybody else, I was just more determined, more persistent. I would do whatever it took legally to get these people in custody. And then the magic happened. He talked about what he did when he retired from police work. He was a school bus driver for a special needs bus. Mm -hmm. He did that for 10 years. And he loves, he loves dealing with people who have issues, just like almost every cop I know. Uh, and, and it's a great story. And when you hear, I think the, the, the why of what police yeah. do, I think it opens up people's eyes and minds and their hearts too. Yeah. Yeah, well, I've got plenty of issues, so he'd enjoy working with and talking to me, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, the fortunate thing in this really crazy, divisive world is, and I do admit that I have to dig for it a little bit, not a ton, but a little bit, is there are a ton of people out there, and maybe they're a little bit more silent or quiet than we would like, that really, really do staunchly support police officers out there and our other first responders. Uh, and I'm starting to see, and, and maybe I'm naive, but I'm, I believe I'm starting to see a little bit more uh, or a little bit less quiet, a little bit less silent out there in, in a peaceful, but yet uh, very important way in terms of supporting police officers throughout this country. Are you seeing that as well? Or am I just naive? <laughs> I think 
there is, there's always been an undercurrent of people who have to, what I say is that, that as human beings, we all tend to be a little bit self-centered and I'm no exception. If I call 911, because I have a medical emergency in my house, let's say I have a family member visiting and, and they have a, a heart attack. I dial 911, the first people that usually show up are law enforcement because they're closest to you yeah. uh, and they're mobile. The firefighters, the, the, the paramedics, they're usually in the station somewhere a ways away. So the police show up first or some branch of law enforcement. And by golly, when I dial 911, I want the best qualified person to show up at my door to help me and my family. Um, so I think most people want that. And they understand that when a cop does something horribly wrong, no one likes it. I don't like it. I know you don't like it. I know other police don't like it. And we don't tolerate it. We never have. Hollywood perpetuates this myth that there's this thin blue wall of silence that we will uh, look the other way when it comes to just about all kinds of abhorrent behavior. And that's just not the truth. Uh, and to some degree, we're trying to live down ghosts of the past, Rodney King, uh, the Chauvin case in Minnesota, uh, and going back to Birmingham and Selma, Alabama, when police were involved with the civil rights stuff and the horrors that happened back then. I'm still, not me, just me, we as a family are still paying the price for that. So if we don't tell people what that was going on, what we experienced, they'll never know. And a lot of people suspect, hey, they got a tough job to do. They're out there doing their best. And as long as they're not a bad guy, I, I'm, I'm fully in support of them. And I think that that's the vast majority of people. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've um, while never being a police officer myself, I've had the privilege of working with a lot of police officers in, in a few different entrepreneurial pursuits over the last 20 years. And I will say nine out of 10, at least, uh, get even more irate than the public when they hear a legitimate negative story uh, about police. Uh, I think back, and I don't know exactly how long ago it was, I want to say three or four years ago, uh, it came out here in California that there were some California Highway Patrol officers um, that in essence were fudging their overtime. Mm -hmm. and, and I can't, I, I don't have enough fingers on my hands to tell you whether it's Facebook or other avenues, uh, my police friends, you know, bashing those folks for, for doing that and saying, this is the problem that we run into when we're not above board that the public then sees something that that makes that tarnishes us all with a badge, uh, and, and it's just right. it, so these so these guys are more right. irate and these gals are more irate uh, than the public is about some of this stuff when it is truly negative and it and it is truly true. You're absolutely one hundred percent correct, and we've been really hard on each other. Uh, I, I tell people this, for example, I started as a rookie in 1980, so it's a long time ago. Mm -hmm. uh, and when I went to the academy, I thought I knew everything, I thought I was prepared, I thought I knew what I signed up for, and I really had no idea, uh, especially the amount of violence you'd see. And I was very lucky, I had a lot of uh, people who helped train me that were serious, serious veteran officers, and they were Vietnam combat veterans we even had a few korean war veterans who were commanders and captains and majors and all that stuff and when they pulled you up and they said hey 
young man, youngster, rookie, you're doing this wrong. You need to do this a different way. And I'll give you a perfect example. They, they talked about rules like respect. You treat everybody with respect until they change the tone of the conversation, especially in their house, especially in front of their people uh, on the corner. Uh, but the minute they change to where you're being disrespected, you can't back down. So when they talked to me about those things, they didn't pull any punches and they were very abrupt about it. And that's how you learn. No one comes on this job being great. I'll give you a perfect example, baseball. I don't know of anybody that steps on the plate the first time and swings like Babe Ruth and, and does a great job. Uh, it takes years of training, you have coaches, you have people helping you out, and it takes years of failing. Uh, the problem is with a lot of people nowadays, especially politicians, when we have younger officers, inexperienced officers making mistakes, trying to do their job, yeah. they're very impatient and they don't teach them. They don't teach them how to become really good at what they do. So we've got this constant flow of young, new people coming in. And we're, we don't have a whole lot of those veterans that are training. Uh, and that puts everybody, every community at, at risk. Uh, I'm not talking about bad stuff happening. I'm talking about people just not knowing how to do the job. Because mm -hmm. it takes a long time to learn. Yeah. Yeah, I can, I can imagine that. Well, yeah, we we live in at least today in fortunate divisive world. Um, again, to use my line, maybe I'm naive, but I I do think that there's a way out of this. But I don't know necessarily what way there is out of this. You know what? Maybe maybe in your experience, you have the answer. Is it is it education? Is it is is it more engagement? Is it something else? Uh, because you know, we, we need to get past this to fund the police, um, and we need to get past you know, these racial issues. We need to find a way to all become Americans again. Do you have the answer for me, John Jay, or are you just as confused as I am? <laughs> if I had the answer, I think I'd be a very wealthy man. Uh, yeah. What I would say is this. There's an old saying that when a fish rots, it rots from the head down. So when we look at police departments, for example, uh, they run under the executive branch of the government. They're usually under the control of the mayor or mayor of a county, uh, or in case of sheriff's departments, the elected sheriff. When people go to vote, if you don't like the service you've been getting from your police departments, vote the mayor out. Vote a new one in. Same with your governors. Uh, it's as simple as that. And the, there's an old saying, the buck stops here. Look, they're ultimately responsible. Uh, here's a perfect example. Minneapolis. That was Mayor Fry's police department. He picks the police chief, the police commander, the police commissioner. He, in turn, picks the command staff. They all have their marching orders to the mayor. And when things go bad, guess what? No one holds the mayor accountable. Well, if you don't hold the mayor accountable for what goes wrong in the police department, shame on you. You're part of the problem. Yeah, yeah, great point. To, to take it down a notch to something that is, is a little less heavy, uh, I'm going to ask you this very, very important question, which is, what is your craziest story? Is it the craziest story from your police tenure, or do you have an even crazier story from your radio career? Well, I guess there's, there's two comparisons. Um, sure. I, my first full-time radio job, I was a, a country music DJ at a small station in between State College, Pennsylvania and Buffalo, New York. And I 
I would get on at three, and by four o'clock, everybody left. It was on top of a mountain, and it was the wintertime, and every day it snowed. So what I found myself doing is talking on the radio, and I had actually put a picture. I had a picture on the board of a woman driving her car with a kid in the back seat, so I knew who I was talking to. Because it just felt like I was a crazy person yeah. in a closet talking on a microphone to myself. Because uh, we didn't have video and stuff that we have now. Uh, the police world, there were so many crazy stories that, I'll give you a good example of what I think was lighter side. A really good friend, he's passed away. His name was Ev. And we used to play pranks on each other all the time. We were in uniform together, worked the same squad. He was about six foot six, I'm six foot. He would do things like break into my locker and put his pants in there instead of mine <laughs> with all of my uniform stuff attached to it. Um, on top of the locker, there'd be a little piece of paper with a little note, some expletive, and I'd pull it down and there was a pound of baby powder on top of it. I'd be covered in it. The, the mace we carried, we had a saying that the, the mace only works on innocent bystanders and police. So <laughs> I leaned against his police car door and we'll let him out one night. And I sprayed mace into the vents under his windshield. And he got called into station. He's driving on the street in the middle of winter in Baltimore with the window down his head out crying uh, because the mace was so permanent, permeated in his car. Those kinds of things I miss tremendously because you develop a bond with people you just don't get elsewhere. And it's not just police, it's people community. Uh, there were people that were so great uh, that you had to see every day. They got to know you, they gave you nicknames, they invited you in their barbecues, uh, mm -hmm. and they relied on you. You were part of the community. Again, I think that's a big part of what radio does as well. Yeah. Yeah, you, you definitely continue creating community uh, through your radio show, through all your podcasts. The last question I have for you is, how can our audience best find law enforcement today and any of the other shows that you're doing right now? Well, you can go to, on Facebook, go to Law Enforcement Today Radio Show, also on most all social media platforms as well. Uh, the new one called Clubhouse app. Uh, I don't know if you're on that or not. Look for LET radio show on that. I'm there. Uh, and if you can't get the radio show on a station near you, about two weeks after airing on radio, they go online as a podcast. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm starting to pay a lot more attention to the podcast version of the show. And, and the reason why is people can listen on demand from anywhere, anytime. It doesn't matter where they're at. I, I've got a young lady who emails me. She listens from Sweden, she's autistic, and she, she found a connection with this distant voice on a podcast or, or a podcast version of a radio show and connected. When you realize different cultures, different ages, different uh, abilities, uh, you still have a way to connect with someone and become part of their life. Uh, yeah. it, it adds a whole new twist to this thing about podcasting. So. You're a little bit older. You're not as old as me. One of the things <laughs> I'll close with this is when I was a kid, the radio stations, they were never automated. They didn't have computer automation back then. So you had a live jock. He talked to him every song. Uh, he was a member of the community. It was, and every day part sounded different. Every mm -hmm. station sounded different. Uh, nowadays, everything's computerized and they, it becomes like a cookie cutter format. Everything sounds the same. And most often the jock's not even in the building or even in the same state. Mm -hmm. that he's talking to you at. So we lose that sense of community. 
with podcasting, man, we can build our own communities and we can be a vital part of that community and, and say, look, your voice matters, our voice matters, and, and we want to connect. Uh, so that's why I love what you're doing. And I love the podcasting aspect of what I do. Yeah, I I love the podcast aspect as well. Um, as, uh, I heard somebody do a presentation from iHeartRadio, and he talked about the the value and the difference between, say, a TV uh, and video to literally being in the ears of people uh, with the podcast. So um, you know, you're definitely spot on, and you're definitely creating community. So if you want to be part of John Jay's community, definitely seek him out through Law Enforcement Today. We'll put the, uh, the, the links in the show notes, of course. And most importantly, John Jay, thanks for spending some time with us today, man. My pleasure. I appreciate it. Anything I can do for you to help you in your journey, please reach out. Let me know. Absolutely. And thank you to all of you that have watched or listened to this episode of Public Safety Talk Radio. And we'll be back with you next week with another great guest. Public Safety Talk Radio is produced by the POCUA. POCUA is a consortium of financial institutions serving law enforcement as well as other first responders and public safety professionals. To learn more about our association and to find one of our credit unions or service providers near you, go to www.policecreditunions.com. And always remember, if you aren't working with one of our POCUA credit unions, you're just banking with an institution that just so happens to serve first responders. As a public safety professional, you and your family deserve better. Find a POCUA credit union today.